Welcome to Singled Out, your ninth best gaming podcast. Please stand by. to episode 127. In this episode Andrew and Steve talk briefly about the Lamplighters Guild, the Guild Ball World Championship, and their impressions of their first year of Infinity. Let's do this, hang on. Welcome to episode 127 of Single Out. No, 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 no way. It's not been that many. It's been quite, we haven't caught an episode for like a month or so. Um, yeah, I, I've not been in, I've not been in uh, flat, my flat. Podcast that by months. Monday is declared safe. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Freedom Day. Freedom Day. Freedom Day singled out podcast. Um, which I'm sure will be entirely relevant to our overseas listeners. But but overseas listeners, don't worry. Freedom Day is the day that the UK is going to go about and create loads of new COVID variants that we'll soon be sharing with you. Because the irony is, it's freedom. It's not freedom for it's freedom for the virus. That's the yeah. That's the best part. Yeah, exactly. I mean, also I assume that you don't need to wear car seat belts or and you can smoke indoors. Yep, absolutely. And can. The, um, yeah, basically all these things. Right? And we go and yeah. wearing no clothes as well. I think. That's fine. That's free. Yeah, it's just complete, just complete freedom. Like, uh, but the most I'm, I'm looking forward to not wearing car seat belts. They, yeah. they're they're just crazy. I mean, like just bureaucracy got mad. Nanny cars. state telling you what to do. Exactly. Not to drive a car accident. It's basically bullying. Like, it's, it's actually, you know, I mean, the the sort of you know this this the sort of woke liberal brigade 
telling us not to hurl ourselves through car windshields at high speeds. Oh, speed limits will be gone as well. Oh, this is going to be perfect. So we're turning into a sort of political satire podcast, are we? Is that what we're going to do I mean, now? satire in very... Uh, like, this is like this is weak even by like BBC, uh, Radio 4 satire. <laughs> sort of but we're not doing enough, like, Oxbridge up at the end of what we say. You know, sort of satire. Like, why Barry? Who knew? <laughs> like, is that so, how Radio 4 sounds? Yeah, Radio 4, they always go up at the end. It's a sort of... I can't... I, I don't think they always listen to Radio 4 lights. Yeah. Oh, there's occasionally kind of entertaining stuff on there. Uh, what's it called? I'm sorry I haven't a clue. It's quite good. Um, oh, that, overseas that, listeners. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's basically a radio programme of puns. What more could you want? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we might talk about some wargaming today instead, I think. Is that okay with you? We could do that. We could do that. Uh, for our one remaining listener, if we're lucky, one remaining listener, um, we are going to be talking today about about gaming and probably some infinity um anything to put on guild ball at all uh, we, we, we can touch on guild ball like you know digital worlds is over congratulations to uh, johnny wydecka who's the digital guild ball world champion overcoming uh on you know the world's best players and the war table system uh to triumph so, that so is- steve um war table um on a ranking uh between um one to ten um <laughs> How do you rank War Table exactly? Steve? Oh, and man, why? Like and, show you, and show you working. I don't like learning new things. Because <laughs> I think I think generally you're quite a I think you're quite an easygoing chap. Generally, I mean, you're fairly happy whenever I talk to you. And I've not seen texts from you so angry, literally ever, than I have you talking about War Table. You seemed um, furious. <laughs> I wasn't a fan of it. Like uh, I don't want to I don't want to take anything away from uh, uh, the guy who beat me because he played very well and and was. You know, very good and a really nice guy. I've met him before, like, uh, and, and obviously making the final is a big achievement. But it, what's it? It's no for me, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> War table's no for me. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Um, on a, it felt like, uh, and I'm sure people can happily have different views about different tabletop systems, and I know loads of people like it. Um, but for me, it sort of make made a lot of the things that aren't that important in Guild Ball much easier like sort of measuring out movement and things like that which is like quite straightforward anyway and on vassal quite straightforward at the expense of being able to you know measure threat ranges which in, in a game of basically measuring threat ranges and doing math i mean is, in guild ball threat ranges are quite a big deal like being deal. being sort of a quarter of an inch out can end the game so uh yeah so i wasn't i wasn't a huge fan of that um, and obviously rather than learn I'm just not going to use it again. In fact, basically, I'm not going to. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, if the you know, just play in person again. I mean, I was never the biggest fan of online, online Guild Ball anyway. Like it was a, it was like sort of methadone to Guild Ball's heroin. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also learned they don't have method. They did. They did. They don't do methadone in Italy. Did you know this? Where where did where that come from? No, no, no. So, so, so I went to get, I went to get my second job yesterday, and the um, job lady, which is the official job title. Um, had done her training in, the, she's Italian but had done her training in the fine Scottish city of Dundee uh, and when I found out she was a you know, practising chemist working in the city of Dundee, my obvious immediate response to her was, wow you must have dispensed a lot of methadone <laughs> <laughs> to which she said yes, we used to bring it in in barrels um, and then explained to me that they didn't even have, they don't do methadone in Italy at all. So my um, my mum worked at pharmacist for years, and they used to um, have it there. And they used to have to when they gave them the methadone, they had to give it in a cup, and then mm. check their mouths because people would drink it 
put them spread out, it back out, spread it back out, yeah, yeah. sell it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but it's, uh, so there. This has got that. pretty dark. This podcast hasn't it? Viruses is not, and heroin is, addiction. This is not. This is not what we're all about. This is exactly um, you know what we're all about now in this uh, post-COVID. Have we stop caring now about having listeners? Is that? What we... <laughs> I, I, I think listeners will be fascinated to know that uh, you know you know <laughs> that Italy doesn't have a methadone program. Hey, listener, if your country doesn't have a methadone program, uh, <laughs> like. Uh, Basically, probably because Scotland has stolen all the methadone. Uh, please get in touch. Uh, <laughs> they have, they have, uh, have three three taps in each household. They have hot water, cold water, and methadone. No, no, just cold water and methadone. <laughs> hot water, <laughs> in English. Fancy fans with the three taps. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, that's, that's only in like you know sort of uh, the big houses in Edinburgh. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, do you think do you think that basically like an online tournament should use one system rather than two? I think that would be preferable. Um, I totally understand why the Guild Ball Championship was run the way it was, because it was run by delightful people on the Guild Ball Steering Committee, of whom I would never speak ill, because um, they'd all beat me up. Uh, but yeah, I, I think ideally you should be single single system. And that system's I, not war table. Uh, I mean, it can be war table. I just won't be partaking in that event. We're, we're, we're on TTS. We're hanging off the th- sort of four guilds that are on it. The TTS one is incredible. It is early on in lockdown and like very early lockdown there was a TTS game between a couple of my locals Connor, Connor Rooney and postman John Clements who came on the podcast both to talk about Infinity and and it was just a sort of it was a bit like you know in um, what was the film uh, Doctor Strange when they like fold the whole city up oh yeah 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 and, it, you know, or, and it's also an inception isn't it when they go yeah. boom so the, the huge base comes down yeah 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 it was a bit like watching like a game played on that because like, just everything <laughs> sort of folded and stuff was suddenly upside down and flying through the air that's it with infinity i mean I'm, I'm so used to playing on tts now where to check line of sight i can phase through the table yeah and uh, I, I tried to do that in real life and you know broke, broke my jaw yeah exactly or, or at least knocked over all the terrain <laughs> exactly yeah like um it's much easier to have line of sight where you can turn mon- mon- um, miniatures from a miniature into a cylinder straight yeah, away that- it has some definite. I, I like the, T, the uh, TTS for Infinity. It's really good. It's um, superb. Yeah, I mean, it's, the, the the Infinity Global League that I'm helping run is we're having um, our first league right now, and um, every week we have about thirty five games. Yeah, in the first league uh, on TTS, and um, it's not hard to use in, in, in the grand scheme of things. But I think it's a very different sort of game to Guild Ball, isn't it? Like um, the third range is a big deal in, in any game, but not in the same way that in Guild Ball is. So for example, you wouldn't do in Infinity, you wouldn't do three or four proxy bases to work out a goal run. Or, or, yeah, or a line, of, line of sight matters more than threat ranges and like the yeah. waiting. And like, yeah, line of sight yeah, is basically yeah. unimportant, rel- almost entirely unimportant in Guild Ball, barring niche mechanics. It's pretty rare you, Whereas, you really have to ch- measure it, isn't it? Line of sight. Yeah, whether it's like in Infinity, it's like line of sight trumps range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Generally, like not obviously not entirely, but like, but it's it you know like you have to have line of sight first before you can do anything. Yeah, except for, except for as we may go on to some of some of the hilarious interactions between zones of control and not being able to measure ranges. But, well, um, um, apparently, so no- you've done the same thing as me, though, haven't you? You've basically gone from actually playing games to suddenly facilitating them. Yeah, um, I mean, so I've been helping a minister um, the Infinity Global League, and I thought for the first league we should have one of the mod team being the sort of designated driver. <laughs> yeah, 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 the whole, yeah. The whole, all the mods are playing in it. Like all the other, uh-huh. and I thought okay. maybe one of us shouldn't play in it. You know, because yeah. I've never been a big fan in tournaments where the TO gets involved in the games. Because 
depends on the size, doesn't it, as well? Like, yeah, yeah, it's fair play. Like, uh, I think I've I've TO'd um, a couple of epic events and maybe a couple of guild ball events, but never more than like 16 players. And admittedly, one of those epic events did descend into me deciding the pairings based on what was funny. Like, uh, so they used to then. What's that? It's pretty high powered, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's like, who, who, do, who doesn't want to play who? That's who's playing in the first round. <laughs> That's it. Uh, rather than doing anything random, uh, yeah, because I, I am, I'm mostly uh, rather than actually playing any games at the moment, doing bits with uh, loads with the community project team on lamp lighters. That's the sort of main so, bits um, going down. I remember, remember, obviously, a lot of the important design work for the lamp lighters was done originally by Matt Hart. Yes, I mean yeah, yeah. he he designed the real bones of the of the guild and the bit of man for a long time. Um, so I, I assume all he really had to do after he designed the team was just put the artwork in and they, they were done, right? Yeah, that's basically yeah. We've not had to do any work at all, and uh, and yeah, and like definitely, and designing a whole new team is is like you know, you know, Perkins and Bryce were basically lying to us. It's really easy, mm. and it's not you know, it's not like a complex process in any way, shape, or form. So uh, yeah, that, that's mostly what I've been sort of. Uh, doing the last couple of so, months. So, is there anything to say about them? We will have some news at some point, and hopefully, the how many, pay, how many, how many players in the guild? How many players in the guild? Oh, but that would be giving it away. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's how questions work. <laughs> I can't even tell you. 19. 19, because it's all the, you know, uh, you know, all the sort of Fantasia style lamps to hop around. There's 19. 19 lamps. Like, and it's just lamps. It's just easy lamps. to model. It's easy to model because you just get a bit of green stuff. It's only and... be like eighteen lamps and one cigarette lighter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, it's uh, and uh, yeah, and there's they've got no character plays because the lamps like they're pretty boring <laughs> team to be honest. It's just, it's just a row of street lights. You can deploy them. They can't move. They can't do anything. You can turn them on and off. Like that's it. But uh, literally, that's all you can do. So I mean, I, I assume you had to put some design work into it. Uh, yes, there has been quite a lot of work by quite a lot of us, sort of which is still ongoing. So I'm, I'm not, I'm genuinely not trying to sort of uh, something is coming. The question, it's like literally, we've never designed a guild ball team before, so we want to get it out when it's in a good shape. So we don't actually know how long this process takes, um, because even when you ask people who are professional game designers, they are also professional game designers, so have different you know amounts of capacity and different experience. Well, the one thing I, the one thing I think Matt Hyver said that I agreed with. Was um, basically people remember things they're bad, but not if they're late. That makes sense. Like if it's something, if it because there's, no, there's no sort of deadline on coming out. Like there's no de- there's no there's no announcement saying um, they're coming out since like next Friday because of that. Yeah. Ultimately, like if they come out in six months time or eight months time, no one no one is really expecting that. So taking your time is probably a good thing to have a more polished sort of professional product at the end of it, right? That's the idea. I mean, we, we hope to get them out sooner than that, I think, is the intent. But obviously, if we... And we're reasonably confident about that. I think we're sort of still reasonably confident with the timeline we talked about in the um, when we did the town hall meeting that you can get on YouTube still. So that's still roughly what we're aiming for. But, like, yeah, as you say, we'd, we'd, we'd rather be as close to good as we can get it than, like, sort of shite and at a deadline. So something's coming, is what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Some, something is something lamp-shaped is coming. Maybe we can uh, get some kind of ex- interview with the designer. 
Uh, yeah, we'll see if we can put someone up. Put someone, <laughs> put someone up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. get yeah. vetted by the media team and stuff to go. On. Yeah, yeah, the, the the hardcore media team. Yeah, everything's vetted. Big media training program. You know, like uh, with all the um, all the millions that we're not making. <laughs> so. We're approaching it, approaching it a year from when Gilball got Thanos snapped out of existence. I know. When when was that? Um, we should find out what it is and do an episode on that day, shouldn't we? I think we should do. We should get Bryce back on. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> he's probably sobered up by now yeah, yeah he might have, he might have done. Uh, it, it was an incredibly hot day wasn't it we all we did the recording in our pants it, it, it was a video recording where everyone was basically wearing, wearing vests and pants and that was it it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was the sexiest it was, podcast I've recorded it was sensual like it was, it was sensual yeah 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 it was, um, it was it was a beautiful moment um, yeah that must be when was that September when did it get August did, I think August is it so it's the you know it's obviously it's not, not far yet. from now not the end of Guildball, but the creation of the Guildball Community Project. That's, yeah. that's did it, it end or did it start? That's, that's how that's, we that's look at deep. it. That's, that's how deep. we look that's at it deep. as a community project. Um, so we Infinity. Upside down. So we've been playing, playing Infinity now for know, like six months, maybe longer hmm. than that, I guess, seven months. Yeah, yeah. And um, you've you've been sort of manufacturing, haven't you? You've been sort of playing Assassins. And actually, that's not true. You played a bit of Steel, Steel Flanks, right? I have been playing a bit of Steel Flanks. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because yeah. I. Um, I wanted to produce interesting content. <laughs> Maybe one day I will do. Um, <laughs> Good luck with that. Yep. <laughs> um, I have played like every league I've played in. I play a different faction. Good God! So I've, I've got no skills in the faction at all. Um, so but, I, but broad knowledge. I guess. I mean, I played sort of four factions out of forty. So <laughs> I guess. Yeah, like... yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, there are so many factions, aren't there? That's the thing. It feels like. It feels like to get proper good you need to know a lot of profiles a bit like a i think it's i think it's a bit easier to move across than it is in guild ball because i think um in guild ball like you know the, the character plays are generally relatively unique ish yeah and, and all the guns the, and, the big things you can learn the guns and, and the playbooks in guild ball are literally unique like no model has yeah, the same playbook yeah. right yeah, um, yeah, yeah so um but in infinity like the skills all come from a single pool yeah, and mimetism is mimetism, wherever it is, right? And so, there may be more distribution of certain skills. For example, no, no hacking in one thing, or one, yeah, one faction yeah, may yeah. have, for example, impersonation or whatever. But there's not many factions that have a unique skill base. Yeah, it's more. Cool. It's more the sort of it, the sort of the the sort of on the graph it swings in a different direction. If that makes sense. Yeah, the sort of weighting of them in like different. Yeah, that's true. And to be fair, like I think I've played. I think I've played against about. 12, 14 different factions now, and I've basically been able to roughly like rinse and repeat. I mean, obviously, I'm not playing against particular because you know most people that are playing. Uh, well, when I played with people locally, there's a few experienced guys. Actually, I played a few experienced players. I played a couple of the guys in the Hackney Club, but like, but I've just about been able to sort of rinse and repeat roughly the same sort of deployment and the same sort of thing of like, you know, so classic war gaming like. I'm not sure what's going to happen here, so I'm just going to cover my ass and then see what goes well, on. Well, I mean, ultimately, I think, I think it's still a lot of practice to be good at a faction, but to actually learn how to play, have, learn how the faction even even operates is easier, I think, than Guild Ball. But to get good, still, quite to get good, right? It feels like, yeah, quite a high skill ceiling. But it's uh, I've, I've enjoyed very much, especially playing in person again, uh, how cinematic it feels. Oh yeah, like, um, like it really does. Like on a tabletop as well, and also like how, despite you saying that there's more similarities, all the factions do like they feel really different. They do, they do. They do I, feel like suitably thematically different. Yeah, I thought because I thought at first because the stat blocks seem often pretty bland. 
yeah. Like you know, again, because the skills are all from the same pool, and they have just different numbers on, and the, the guns are all from the same pool as well, pretty much. I thought, well, yeah, a lot yeah. of these stat blocks seem the same, but factions do play very differently because the combinations of different abilities and how they sort of play off each other and availabilities and what you pick here and there, they do play quite differently, even though they they in theory wouldn't. Yeah, I think I thought I think I thought they'd be more samey than they were, but it definitely felt like oh, I feel really afraid of um, like Toha. Like, how the hell do I break down Toha versus like you know here come um, Pano with all their guns and like you know definitely you know they are just going to try and shoot me off the table and that stuff does feel like yeah it feels more yeah much more significant than I think I thought it would and I've really enjoyed that about it especially after you know because basically I've sort of bunny hopped from. Like, like, other than, like, little side games, basically gone Epic, which is a fairly, you know, looks good on a table, like, when it's done properly. Like, good terrain, big armies, like, quite a quite a scenic, sort of visually interesting game. To Guild Ball, which is nice models, but not the most visually interesting game. And then back to Infinity, you know, back to Infinity, which is, like, extremely visually interesting. And it's yeah. always the... What is, you know, <laughs> its big appeal has always been how sort of visually stimulating it is. So that... That does feel really sort of nice to get your teeth into. So, like um, for example, I was playing um, JSA for a while. Who I really like, you know, samurai mm. and stuff, and I really like the playstyle because they've got lots of mad skills and everything else, and they're really good at martial arts. But actually, that's not all about and everything. I think it's cool, cool interactions. And then I played Akari Company, who are a mercenary company. Yeah. And Akari basically, they have half the models in Akari are in JSA. Oh, okay. And then a few add-ons from other factions in there. And so, oh well, they're basically JSA with more guns and less martial arts, right? Um, but even that small change hugely changes how they work. And even little things like, for example, one of my link teams in Akari, they're the same models as having JSA, except right. you could form a different sort of link team with them. So the combinations made different different five teams out, and even a few models here and there different made it play very differently. Yeah, and I think definitely the sectorials, like the sub factions, do feel very like you know like um played a couple of games with Rama. Um, oh, yeah, so Rama looked really interesting to me. Like, Assassin's uh, quite sneaky-sneaky, but I think... Um, I've been looking at Rama for, for a while because they seem to have lots of really kick-face sort of heavy infantry models that seem to murder things and stuff. Like, the Janissaries seem pretty strong and stuff like that. Yeah, they see, they're very different because they don't have any of the cheap sort of chaffy activations that, like, Assassin's or no, Vanilla or, or Kalpakapa have. Kumba- They've got Kumbikers and things like that. And- they don't have anything. Like, no Dilamis, no Gazis, no Kumbikers. Like, you know, so they... The only trouble I think with trying to play Rama is also because I bought like Steel Phallus as the second sort of faction. Like Rama feel quite similar to them, and they're sort of like elite and sledgehammery. They've got a bit more jank because they do have like tower regs and stuff like that. But they, because they feel quite close to each other, and basically uh, Steel Phalanx are much more face punch or even more face punchy. You know, because it's just like deal with this mythical Greek hero. Uh, like who's just going to run forward and punch you in the face? That so I think I I felt like they didn't give me enough variation as well. But I would like to try and do something with them. Again, I think probably if you play them a lot, you might realise they probably do play differently in terms of. Oh, for sure, yeah, because they've got more. They've definitely got like stuff that Steel Phalanx don't have in terms of like you know hidden deployment and infiltrators, and they have got some a couple of bikes and things like that. But they, I guess they felt like they they didn't feel like enough of a. Like, I guess that's just like a flavor change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, I think maybe, like, vanilla probably would be a more interesting flavor change. I do, I do though, want to make a fire team with uh, Tarek Mansouri in it, just because I love that model. It's great, it's just isn't such, 
I don't, yeah, yeah. <coughs> I quite like the idea of um, Mammoth Task Force because they're full of sort of regenerations and super jumping and yeah, it's all, cool all, all the sort of super soldier stuff, really. And that's really cool. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, sort of, uh, yeah, t- uh, a group of that does feel very... What, what are the what guys called? Because you have, of course, Chureg, who's the main one. They've got, they got the, the, the unit of people who aren't characters who all have all, all have super jump as well, isn't it? They're all... Carriage. Um, that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they seem really good. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I can't quite get... Yeah, I need to have a proper, like... I need to play some games with them, basically. Like, but, but theory hammer-wise, I think... I think also, because I think I've said this before when we talked about Infinity, is, like, in... In other games, I really like chaff. Like I like chaff in armies. I, I yeah, feel absolutely. like as a as a war gamer, I'm like I'm quite good at using chaff because I'm quite good at controlling like like movement control and stuff like that. So so then playing a faction with a lot of chaff and then choosing the version of it that doesn't have any chaff is like I, I use a bit and it's like ah yeah maybe this is not. Uh... <laughs> It's like playing the uh, sort of the armies that are super elite, right? Like playing like an invisible army or certain sectorals like that, where you have sort of ten models and they're all heavy armored. It's like yeah. cool, but like you have to be really efficient with how you're using your orders because you've got less models. And if yeah, you yeah. if you don't handle them properly, they'll just get murdered. And you've lost huge amounts more amounts of your tasks. Well, like when we played the JSA versus Steel Phalanx one, and I think I knocked out like four or five of your models on turn one. Then was like. Yep, you've still got more orders than me because, or still got more models than me because I've only got ten. Like, so. me, yeah, I'm not. Battle managed to lock down uh, Hector with a EM grenade, and that was basically was pretty bad news because that only... was like yeah, three orders gone. Basically, that was not yeah. Hector done. Hector no likey. <laughs> 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 uh, but he's he's strong enough. He's strong enough. So what about, like what have you like any other sort of reflections on it as a game or anything you've sort of? That's quite a big question to ask, isn't it? Really? Um... Yeah. Well, I thought I thought you know we're here we're here for uh you know we're not here for a good time. So <laughs> well, no change there. Um, yeah. It's it's quite a nice community I found so far. Like um, I think it's hard to compare it to the Gilbert community um, because I don't know them as well. Um, but it's certainly very friendly. I think it's interesting because there's certainly a bit more rules as written, rules as, as intended arguments in Infinity than there are in Gilbert. Gilbert, the rule set is generally a bit tighter. Yeah, um, sure. But Gilbert, I think, is that sort of game that was taken from War Machine, and it's basically geometric and and everything else whilst affinity isn't and affinity has got more narrative flow to it i think than than um than Gilbert has mm-hmm. i really i just i really like playing it with with all the like all the buildings and stuff like you said like um yeah yeah i mean Gilbert ultimately it's not particularly attractive the models are gorgeous but the yeah. terrain was like it's like a few a few fences a few fences basically maybe a boulder yeah it's, yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not um, in the same way, is it? Like, because actually, when you have like a, like terrain-heavy war games, you know, look look great because like the tables are what make the game. Yeah, 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 you know, exactly. Like a, um, rather than the rather than the individual, rather than the models themselves, the models are you know often the stuff of sort of painting competitions, aren't they? That said, I think that for that reason, you can have a fairly high game price. Then again, the starter sets have pretty good terrain packs in them. And the new starter sets as well, like the cardboard terrain is pretty good quality. It's pretty yeah. beefy. Um, yeah, it was fun. Like I went out to play at the local club for the first time in about eighteen months, uh, about yeah, a little while ago. And and like just they've got they've got really nice terrain for for all game systems. But they've got some really nice infinity terrain. So just getting a big box of that out and going through it was just like this is so fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's good. Like um, I'm jumping around factions. I don't think. Um, I think in Guild Ball for a while I wanted to focus upon one faction for ages. And I think maybe in Guild Ball 
Again, there's more, to, there's more to learn, but I think you, you can play 100 games of Guild Ball. I think it's never necessary to have more to learn. The same is true from Infinity, but I think there's so many, so many factions of Infinity to choose from. I th- is that, do you think, also a benefit of like of playing mostly online, that you can jump faction a lot more? Yeah, I think so. I was playing online Guild Ball, I, kept jump, I jumped factions you know, more than I do because I don't want to buy a whole new thing and paint yeah. it. Yeah, although ironically, I've only really been playing factions on, on TTS that I actually own. <laughs> Right, right, right. <laughs> Pretty much, I don't think I've played many things I don't own um, because I thought, well, first of all, I want to try and learn how to, learn how to use my toys. And secondly, if I play a faction, I really like it. Then could I have to buy more stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, yeah. I suppose quite a good like. I guess you get an element of like try before you buy with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, of course, you can have some really cool sort of terrain set on TTS. Like, for example, you can fight over sort of. Some of the faction maps in TTS have multiple levels and railway stations and underground rivers and things. And yeah, I've played on one which had yeah, sort of has like a yeah, sort of is flooded. The ground floor is flooded. Yeah, and got levels of elevation above it and things like that. So um, yeah, people have done really good stuff with it. Yeah, so it's hard to do that, but um, it's just those. I think the, my main thing with online gaming, I think having you know having played online tabletop games for like a yearish now, like on and off, like I, I seem to go through like three months of playing and then three months of not playing, is that it's just slower like is this is actually the speed it is like, slow uh, yeah it's is, is the slowness of it uh, like you know whereas it's quite tiring as top... well i find sitting with the pc desk for sort of three hours yeah i, yeah, yeah. I do that especially... for games sometimes but i find it quite quite exhausting sometimes yeah definitely and especially having sat at one for most of the day for work as well like that's uh so and i think having gone back and played some games in person uh i was like oh god this is actually much faster yeah, you know, you know yeah. like this is this is not, you know, when I was playing online league games at TTS because my wife goes to bed quite early as well. I was having to like, you know, I'd start at like eight o'clock, play till ten thirty, and then have to play eight o'clock to ten thirty another day, sort of thing. Uh, and some of that's definitely me being new and slow, um, but it did feel like the games just take, you know, online games of Infinity take about four hours. I've enjoyed painting it. I've, I like painting it quite a lot. The models are quite small, quite high detail, but um, they've been nice to paint. They um, they t- they take contrast very well for the first layer because they're so tiny. Yeah. So, yeah. There's a lot of, like cracks and things to so get I've been stuff in. Contrasting the base as a base coat and then highlighting on top of that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, where the contrast doesn't cover because it it goes white at the edges. Bends, That's where you start yeah. painting the, the layers up. It's like a, it's almost like a guide point. Um, I think contrast paints are kind of yeah, they're a couple of years old now aren't they they do still I don't like I've, I've definitely ended up doing more what you're saying is like rather than the sort of like just put contrast paints on a model and then it's done like, like I use them for certain colours or for certain they're bizarrely you, you, quite finessey to use despite because yeah. like, if you use them wrong they can pull and then if you touch the pool it tears that layer and makes a weird blob yeah yeah so for example some of the cloaks and some of my other models I've done three thin coats of contrast ironically and then on yeah, top yeah. of that, high on top of that, and you can, if you want to blob to one thick coat and done, it's fine. But there's quite a lot you can do with them actually in terms of in terms of making them look decent as well beyond that. Yeah, because I've I've, st- I've stopped using them. I don't use them for fabric. I start I've just c- carried on using layer painting like and highlights. Uh, but I do find them really good for like. Well, not for fabric, for like cloaks and stuff like that, but for like smaller bits of material, like and and especially for anything like the browns, I think for contrast paints are just so good. The like flesh for, is really for, good for faces for as well. Or for, yeah, they are really good, except they're all white people. Um, but the flesh paints are really good. But like, there's not a. I wish there was a not white, like there were not white people shades of flesh. Yeah, I mean, Scale Twenty Five is really good for that. I've got uh, Scale Twenty Five. I've got uh, they have like a, um, a 
African one and the Indian one. I've got a couple. I've got those, good yeah, rounds yeah. and stuff. Slightly dodgy names, but well, like uh, they are. They, yeah, they, the names aren't great. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah They're yeah. not. But I mean, but the paints are pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, and I bought them for. I think you recommended them to me. But yeah, that, that's that's my one. Like, I wish contrast paints had non-white person flesh tones because I agree with you. The flesh tones are amazing. Like they're really good. They make painting faces really straightforward, which is often a pain in the bum. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, like you know. Come on, Games Workshop. Just, just make, you know, two not white person skin tones. That'd be a nice starting. They're getting point. there. They're getting there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Slowly being more progressive. It's taken thirty years, forty years. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, I'm enjoying quite a bit. I think um, I've got a lot to learn. I mean, playing it for real again recently, I've realised I haven't got all the stuff I needed. Like, for example, all the counters and all the widgets and things. All the all the, all the gadgets make it easier because it's quite a counter heavy game. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm short of widgets, but what I have been using, so randomly what I have you widgets are a thing I'm a bit short of for it, because some of the epic ones transfer okay, but what I've used are order dice for, you know, like the order dice you used to get for epic and Battlefleet Gothic. I've been oh. using those instead of counters, because you can pretty much, you know, they have like arrows pointing downwards, I am prone, like, and sort of like different, that's so idea. that's what I've sort of proxied it across with. Um, what we need is some, some kind of dice that we can sell again with symbols exactly. on them. <laughs> exactly, symbol dice. That's the way. And actually, I think they work quite well for Infinity because your models don't. Like, I guess in Guild Ball, the trouble was there were dice everywhere. Also, there's, you know, you're going to dice everywhere and sort of table clutter. Whether it's for Infinity, I think, um, yes, I think sort of status dice could be quite a good, also, a good thing. Also, the argument about singled out uh, for, for Guild Ball was you might roll the bike student Infinity, they're literally a different shape. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to be. Yeah, that would be a pretty major error to be like, I thought it was a D20 with its 14 less sides. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, that can be our, that can be that can be a great money making scheme. I'm trying to get some more players into it in the area, but it's it's difficult, I think, at first because it is quite a brutal rule set at first. Um, and even Code One isn't particularly small. Like Code One's like 100 players, 100 pages, sorry. I yeah, I looked at Code One and just thought like. I'll just play regular. If I'm going to do this, if I'm going to go into this, I'll go fully into this. So I'll play regular Infinity. Um, yeah, it's not much simpler. Not really. Yeah, and, I mean, and I did get smashed in my first couple of games of it, but I felt like I picked it up reasonably okay. Let's like, be honest, in most war games that are any any good, you're going to get smashed at first. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's why they're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I played a. Yeah, I played a couple of games. I played with, I played with uh, Francois Langton. Um, uh, and yeah, that was a bit like, you know, at the end of it, it was like, oh yeah, like, yeah, like I, you felt like I'd sort of like, because he was brand new and I played, you know, a, a dozen games or something like that. And it felt like there was a material difference there. Yeah, you like um, we went through it in New Pair Tips a while ago, but New Players originally doing things like, you know, having many models visible at first to talk yeah, yeah. over you and you just kill them. Yeah, or like, or just like not, yeah, like sort of not hiding everything. Yeah. Sufficiently, like, you know, like, yeah, because, or, you know, because I think, because you can, because you can pump a lot of orders through a single unit, you can move quite far, surprisingly far, I think, for when you're new. Like, you know, because you're used to, I guess, I guess, like your classic war game, you often line up on either side of the table and everything you walk moves. walk straight towards each other, basically. Yeah, like a sort of third of the way up the board and something might get to halfway, but like in Infinity, you can literally easily on turn one, have a model, like, tearing through your deployments to, uh, opponent's deployment zone, even without things like combat jump. Yeah, especially like, got, like a motorcyclist or something. Absolutely. Yeah, but even, like, a regular link team. Yeah. You know, if you've got, like, you know, you can get a link team onto your opponent's board side in four or five activations, and then spend four or five orders 
killing stuff, which is pretty brutal. Like, yeah. and I think that's a thing. Yeah, that definitely feels like one of the early things you learn. Yeah, certainly one thing I've learned whilst playing um, JSA and stuff is that a faction that hasn't got much in the way of midfield control is quite difficult to use at first. Yeah. Um, like, uh, well, my first faction I played in Affinity was Tartary Army Corps, so the Russians. Yeah, and yeah, they've got yeah, a bunch, yeah. of, bunch of mine layers and things and camouflage tokens. And then when I had practically none of JSA of that, it's like, oh, the opponent can just move to my zone and shoot me early, early on. Yeah. yeah, it feels like it's like a sort of level above the one I guess I'm playing at at the moment would be to know like which armies are better at going first or second due to like that sort of midfield presence. I there's so many factors to, to bear in mind the affinities. It's quite hard to talk about sometimes because there's so many different factors like scenarios as well and yeah, yeah, even, and, even and the, the table design to, and stuff. Yeah, the like. table design is massive. Like the table, what the table looks like is probably the single biggest influence on how you can play on it. I think it's probably why it's so hard to actually describe anything in absolute terms in, in Infinity. More than more than any other Warcraft I've played, I think. More than Guild Wars. Like, it's very hard to say, well, this is right. It's like, is it, though? don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah that could also just be us being crap. <laughs> it probably <laughs> is. It's, it probably is. It's also why the forums are so toxic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've not looked at the forum. I just see the occasional criticism I... forum go by on Facebook. Like, why Why should new players avoid the forum, Andrew? Um, I, I mean, I, I don't... I go on them very rarely. I only go on them when a Google search sends me to a thread there. So right. I, don't go the, I don't post on forums, I don't look at forums very often. And because forums basically are, first of all, they are out of date and yeah, yeah. use forums anymore. Um, and secondly, they're just like toxic and everyone's nasty and they turn into bizarrely more of an echo chamber than Facebook does because of the achievement in itself. Yeah, and I think, yeah. Um, they're it's even stopping. more anonymous because at least on Facebook, if someone is nasty to you, you can look at their pictures of the family and hate them for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst I think you know forums are the ultimate sort of anonymous troll center, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, it's true. They, yeah, they are sort of uh, still a bit first iteration of the internet, aren't they? You know, where it was okay that everyone, no one knew who anyone was, and everyone can say whatever they want, and that's fine. I mean, Discord's like that as well, but Discord's is generally better moderated, on the whole. I find. I think that's the thing, isn't it? It usually feels a bit better. Yeah, like a bit, and that might just be like. That might also be. The, I wonder what that's like on big Discord forums because I'm not on any big, you know, like really big, I, you know, for video games or something like that. Like where? Yeah, I don't know actually. I'm not on any, any big corporate. Most ones I'm on are privately owned, right? Yeah, but also for quite, they're quite small. Like you know, even like you know, Infinity or Guild Ball or Still, Epic, these are not, these are not like ways. huge. Like I imagine, like, I don't know what a big Warhammer forum for for Discord would look like if there's like a main Warhammer forum. Like I imagine that would be. Hard to keep up. Forty K seems still very. I'm not sure whether forty K is toxic or whether it's just because it's got more people. Like maybe it's just like if if one percent are assholes and there's just more of them. Yeah, and there's a lot of people, and like that is a big. Yeah, that's a whole different thing, isn't it? Like you know, like sort of same thing as uh, when we're chatting before. You know, like majority of football fans kind of all right, but there's a lot of football fans, and that means that a lot of them are awful. Like you know, so it's uh Yeah, that's um. It was, certainly was very patterned. This is going. This, is, this has been the most tangential episode we've done for a long time. We, we've lost, well, we've lost our it's, ledge, haven't we? It's summer. We're warm. There's no. There's no big releases for anything. Yeah, uh, it's a good. Point. Actually, I say that. Um, Operation Crimson Stone from Finn is coming out soon. Have you looked at it? I've not. No, no, no. It doesn't, doesn't. Well, I'll tell you. Um, every year, of course, Corvus Belly releases a box set, right? Um, and it's not actually a new rules released. It's basically a starter box with new terrain in, and two factions in. And so they are doing uh, a re-release of Krigador, who are the Nomad Sectoral. Oh yeah, and yeah. Basically, 
Corregidor is a domain at all. Uh, basically, it's a ex-prison ship. Oh yeah, I know that turned one. Turned yeah, into yeah. sort of they basically go around selling hard labour for cash. If you've seen the Expanse, you've seen the Expanse before. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're, they're, they're the well. Belters. Right. Okay. Almost yeah, yeah. exactly like the Belters. In fact, really. Um, yeah. And it's also got Cosmoflot, who are basically uh, Ariadna, who are the um, Ariadna, who are the sort of the the um, the faction that are almost two hundred years out of date. Yeah, yeah. I finally got into space. Um, and they have they have um, they have bears in space suits with hammers. I've seen the space bears. I'm a fan <laughs> of the space bears. I'm like a yeah, Russia and um, space and space bears. I fought against like space bear. It was terrifying. Is it good? Because um, they have grenades as well. Oh, <laughs> and I was I was in a small room, and this space bear jumped through, dancing around, bouncing off shots, because throwing grenades at me. It was terrifying. That sounds amazing. It, to be fair, it was it was it was horrifying how I was killing me. But at the same time, it was the the imagery was so cool. I was not, I didn't mind that I mean, much. You want that to happen, don't you? you yeah. do want that to happen. It was very cinematic, and um, they also have like William Wallace. So you have William Wallace on the same side as the grenade throwing space bear. Um, but also got new terrain in there and everything else. And just, it's, you know, the models, the sculpts for Cold Badia are super, yeah, yeah. superb, really. So that's their new box set this year. Oh, that's exciting. exciting uh, I think yeah. people should rush out and buy it. Um, if we, get through, we should get a sponsorship deal with them. <laughs> of course, <Betty. laughs> no, Well, we are, we are in the part of their media partnership programme, but their media partnership programme works differently to, looks differently to Steamforged. Um, they they give, give us press releases and things, and occasionally um, I was help, help them out with the last um, Kickstarter release. Oh, did you? Okay. Uh, a little bit. A little bit. Um, Shows but, how much I know about this podcast, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, we're partnered yeah, with them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but um, but they don't they don't do the whole sort of media program in terms of interviews and things and finding out things things out in advance and stuff like like Steamforged did. I mean, um, we can say a lot of things about Steamforged and we have done, but um, they were pretty good in terms of, like, for example, like telling us two months in advance or whatever. So we get interviews. Yeah, them. giving us access. And to that people was that the like... access for them was you know it was pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, though no, it was a really, it was a really good program. It was a good um, program, far yeah. better than that community project. It was pretty eclectic how that worked. I mean, sometimes the program went up and down. Sometimes they stopped talking to us for months, and occasionally re-released it. And it, it wasn't perfect, but it was, it was pretty good. Yeah, 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 definitely. I agree. I agree. On on, on that wistful note, does that that sort of feels like I, I feel like I've run out of because I've not done any hobbying for a month. I don't have much more to add well, to this. We've got another sort of 20 minutes to go before the episode finishes, so what are we going to do? I don't know. Uh, we could sing to each other. <laughs> <laughs> sing to me the song of your people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, that's the... Uh, I belong to Glasgow, dear old Glasgow town. I like how, I like how on YouTube, when you release um, a video on YouTube, it, it shows you a graph of what percentage of your viewers are still watching that part of the video. Really? Yeah, it really breaks, if the, the analytics of YouTube are really in depth. For example, I don't want to know what that's like for this. Well, for like, example, I, I well, yeah, because for example, it shows you, generally speaking, it's because all of YouTube apparently that the first thirty seconds are crucial, and then the numbers drop off suddenly. Yeah. You can yeah. See, the, the last summary part of the episode when he's sort of tailing off and saying goodbye, the numbers plummet. <laughs> I can imagine right now if we've lost. Well, Everyone. Well, GB three, News, we have statistically zero viewers at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are the GB News of podcasts. Okay. So. Um, we're gonna, uh, um, the, secret, the secret code word is um, sausage bomb. Um, put that in the, word, in the comments, and that yeah. means you listen to this part of the episode. Yeah, sausage bomb. Tell us yeah, if, you, if you heard any, any of that. And I can tell you the rest of the lyrics to that song. So now Which... everyone's gone. Uh, Lampwriters, then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, they are so broken. 
Um, are you are you planning on um are you planning on doing this one guild and then the next one guild, or any or is there any parallel development going on? Uh there is there is some thinking going on about what the next ones could be, but there is also uh watch this space stuff about how they might be chosen i think it's... okay so it's not it's not you want actually it's not like you've got one guild sort of three quarters done and one being started by a different team of people or anything and that sort of stuff going on it's basically i i couldn't possibly give away the uh the great uh because uh i can't tell you <laughs> there's a there's there's they all will become clear we promise like we're trying to work a lot of stuff out at the moment so like while i would love to say yes uh there's there is there is method behind the madness, but we sort of need to uh, be sure of our method, I guess. It's, so while you're saying the Steamforge were really open and would tell you stuff, like we're trying not to do a uh, a Matt Hart job and just turn off. You're the, the worst. You are. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, they got they got more, more of Dan doing role better than this, and their kebabs as well. Well, I mean, Dan Dan did come on and talk about the entire errata on role better, so you know it's a you know, premier access. Yeah. Um, so at the moment it's all going into lamplighters, mostly because of resourcing yeah. and things like that. But but there are there are plans for what we would do with the next bits. But also the big thing for us as well is kind of want the community's blessing for doing any of it. So if we do lamplighters and people hate them, then maybe we're not the people to be doing this. Uh, what you don't want to happen is the community wanted to fra fracture into into splinter groups. Yeah, and we don't want it to be, and, and genuinely we don't want it to be like. Like we don't know best, we just sort of ended up doing it. So we don't want to be like that sort of. Then again, splinter groups could result in a sort of West Side Story sort of Anchorman sharks fight jets. at the end. That could yeah. be really cool. We'll get that meeting, meeting cool. a car park somewhere. I mean, uh, uh, Skerov, who's on the steering uh, committee, has previously suffered an axe wound. So, so I'm, I'm quite confident. How getting... on earth did he suffer an axe wound? I think he dropped an axe on his own head. What? Mm. Yeah. Next time we get him on, uh, I'm like... impressed. How do you even do that? I, I'm not sure myself, like, uh, um, and, and you know, and my dad crashed his own hang glider, design built and crashed his own hang glider. So apparently, I'm not... a non-zero, a non-zero number of train, chainsaw accidents are people chainsawing their own faces by accident. I could imagine that. It, I might... kicks, it kicks back apparently, and that's it. Yeah. That's oh god. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can imagine that. Oh man, that's actually painful. On that the, bombshell. The that my, yeah, the one that my brother's boss used to love doing when my brother was a well, chainsawing his face. He used to love doing. Was that. a builder. Was a builder. Is he would keep um, you know, big, you know, sort of couple of hundred, you know, many gallon drums of diesel in his in his yard, and when new people would start as apprentices, he'd he'd uh, obviously throw fagbots into these uh, drums of diesel because diesel was non-flammable. <laughs> in that sense so, but obviously it would immediately make every apprentice yeah it's going to be pressurised isn't it to, to... yeah yeah so all the apprentices would just immediately soil themselves uh, so I'm on my daughter saw a bug and she freaked out then I mean reasonable how big was the bug Alona okay the bug was about an inch long it's a big bug big that bug. is a big bug I think I think okay. okay I mean that's some starship troopers kind of stuff <laughs> the only good bug's a dead bug yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And on that note, I think we need to leave you to. Uh, yeah, we should go. This, this is turned terrible. Okay. No, it's, it, like, this, it's just we've not recorded for a while and you forgot how low the standard <laughs> is. That's why I was recording a second podcast now called Whip 12 because Infinity One, because it's far more professional. So, uh, I mean, like, I've been on a prof I've been on an actual professional podcast, you know, with the like. Are you still on it? Are you still doing a fucking podcast show where you're talking about housing developments? And I've, done, I've done four episodes of it, I think. Uh, there you go. Yeah, with actual journalists. Like, uh, 
But do I they have do, do they have a Patreon page? Uh, yeah, they do have a Patreon oh. page. Oh. Yeah, they they all get paid. They get salary. They got producer and everything. They got produ- Yeah, so many podcasts I see have producers on them. Yeah, what's that about? Yeah, oh my frick, I my football team produces the Guardian Football Podcast. Uh, do they just push record and talk for an hour? I, I suspect they probably do, and then you know, edit out the occasional libelous comment, you know, which <laughs> like we don't need to worry about. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody.